Hey church family, my name is Saul. I am the worship pastor here at Cornerstone Church. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Hope that this sermon inspires you, that it encourages you, and builds your faith. But we're so honored and thankful that you are listening in. Let's go ahead and just dive deep. We're going to read verses 4 through 7. You know it. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know that? I mean, if he said it once and said it again, I think we, you know, there's an intention for us to find things to rejoice in. Amen. Uh, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6 is where we started uh, really focusing. Be anxious for nothing. We can all quote this scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say everything. Now, how many things are we supposed to pray for? Everything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now, we, we, we kind of looked at it a, a different way. But sometimes, you, you know, when, especially when you're going through it, you got to find those things to be thankful for. Amen. But he said, uh, be anxious. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And then with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to the Lord. That, that, that let your requests be made known to the Lord uh, is important because uh, the, the word says we have not a lot of times because we ask not. Well, God knows what I need. Well, but he said, ask. When you, when you pray. I mean, you know, uh, I believe it was David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The, the word says that uh, uh, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Uh, Jesus said that my house shall be called the house of prayer. Uh, so so there ha- there, there's a, a praying time and there's a standing time. Uh, we're not going to get into that, but there's a time where we ask and there's a time where we stand. There's where we, we stand in faith and we believe and we trust God, uh, even when we don't see things change. But, but what we're doing is we do it with thanksgiving. God, I just want to thank you that my I may not be experiencing my healing today, but I thank you my healing's on its way. It's coming. Uh, you know, God, I, I may not see my, fi- you know, uh, God, you know, I don't know if you've ever prayed these eloquent prayers that I have. God, you know, the checkbook isn't looking too good this week, <clears throat> but I thank you that, uh, that, uh, you're able, uh, to, to provide, you know, uh, you know, the word says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And uh, if he owns cattle, he owns the hills that the cows are on. Um, I've told you, my cousin, I called to get him to pray with me about something. And uh, we needed about $50,000. And he said, well, that's nothing for God. That's just dust off the streets of gold. I said, whatever it is, I just need some dust, dirt, money. It don't matter if it'll spend. Amen. And so we've got to learn to be anxious for nothing. And we're living in an hour and a time that that's a little bit of work. It takes effort to not be anxious. Uh, you know, I, I shared with y'all last week or Sunday, I don't remember, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I know I've shared with you, been doing some, uh, some work on the house. So uh, we, we were hooked up to, I think, DirecTV uh, until a 
week ago, but the, the, the dish had to come down. And then when the dish came down, Melanie was waiting for it. I said, you know, we really don't watch it that much. Well, now we're not watching much of anything. We've resorted back to reading at night before we go to bed. And you know what I've learned? I'm not worrying about as much as I did when I was watching the evening news every day. I know that there's stuff still going on, but uh, somebody will say, what do you think about this? And I'll say, I didn't know anything about it. You know, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. And, but what I've learned is I'm not worrying as much either. You know, so, so, um, you know, there needs to be a balance in that. I, I you know, I, I, I shared with you this, la especially the last, last year, last couple of years, you know, we were not created to be constantly be, to be taken in negative, negative things that we weren't created that way. And, uh, so we've got to guard that. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's what happens. Here's the result of it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, puts a guard at our heart and our mind through Christ Jesus. And we started to talk last week about overcoming negative thoughts and distractions. Overcoming negative thoughts and distractions. And the reason we started talking about it, because here's the thing. Negative thoughts, distractions, um, you could use the word imagination, wrong, wrong thinking, small thinking will limit you. Small thinking will limit you. You know, you know we, we serve a God who is able to do abundantly above all that we could ask or think, one version says, or imagine in our wildest dreams. And you've heard me t teach this uh, and tell you that, you know, even when we stretch ourselves and say, boy, we're really stretching our faith, when we even get to the end of that, you know what I've learned? God hadn't even got started yet. When I get the end of, when I get... Uh, let me say it this way. A lot of times, the best happens when I get to the end of me. Think about that. When I get to the end of me, and, 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 and you know, there's just something about when you know it's not you, that it only the only reason this worked out is because God did something. And he gets, you know, he gets the glory. He gets the praise. Listen, the reason it worked out is because of God. God did it. Well, you know, really we need to live life that way. You know, the reason I, you know, the reason I've ever had a job in my life is because of God. The reason that, you know, that, that things worked out was because of God. The reason, you know, whatever, you know, the reason, you know, I mean, we, we just look at the, the, the cars we've ever drove. I mean, and I'm telling you, in those early, you know, those early days back, uh, you know, back when, you, you know, uh, back when, you know, we, we drove cars. To, I'm telling you, we drove cars till they just gave up the ghost. We'd get another car and we'd say, man, we used to put our kids in this and travel across the U.S., you know, because we didn't know how bad it got. But you know what? God, we never were stranded. We've never, you know, I mean, God always provided for us. Now, I'm going to tell you, sometimes I wish he'd have provided a little quicker. Amen. But the end result was he provided. 
And I just have, you know, I just have to trust God will work the details out. And there's been times that I'm telling you, it was like, I mean, right at the last of the last of the last of the last moment it came through. But the, the, the thing is, it came through. And I've all often said, God, why could you could have done that a few days ago? The truth is, just thinking, just saying it, he could have done it a few days ago. But I'm telling you, when it was at the last minute, there was no question. I knew God pulled this thing through. Amen. And so I've got to learn to just trust him, you know, and, and guard my thoughts. Now, here's, here's the thing, and this is where I've got to show you all this. this, this uh, I only did three pages of notes, but I, there was just a few things I want to bring out tonight. I've never done this in my life, but I, I don't want to say I was lazy. I just didn't want to do it. But I went through four pages of notes and got my four points out of it, cut my notes up and taped them on this piece of paper. So since I've shown that, I'm going to just read them off this piece of paper. And, uh, uh, you know, if somebody could, uh, uh, Brandon, I was going through my mind. Brandon, could you go make that? My, I mean, I told you all, if my nose gets cold, it's too cold in here. Amen. If the pastor's nose is cold. It's cold. Amen. All right, here's, here's these, here, here, uh, uh, one scripture and these two points, that, uh, and then we're going to just pick up where we left off. Here's what I said. Faith always looks for the good report. Faith is always looking for the good report. Doubt is, well, I don't know if God can do that. Faith is looking. And I'll tell you, faith just needs a little bit. Just a, you know, just a little, you know, just a little bit. You, you know, the, uh, I'll tell you, uh, here's a good picture of it uh, uh, in the Word. Um, was it Elijah, Elisha, Elisha, um, you know, uh, where he told the, uh, where it hadn't rained in, I think, a couple years. And, uh, you know, you know, the Lord spoke to him that it was going to rain. God spoke to him that it was going to rain. And uh, he tells us, he said, uh, get up, go look, uh, because I hear the sound. That's in, uh, I believe it's 2 Kings, maybe 1 Kings, 2 Kings. But he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Now, he didn't hear it physically. He heard it. I, I'm telling you, he heard that in the spirit. It's fixing to rain. He didn't feel it and didn't say, you know, his bones begin to ache and so he knew rain was coming. He didn't, none of that stuff. He said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And then he, he went up and, and, and if you'll remember the story, he'd send his servant to go out there and look. Uh, and, and every day the servant came back with the report, I see nothing. Have you ever been believing God for something and day after day it was I see nothing? Nothing. Day after day, I see nothing. And then, uh, you, you know the story, the, before the rain came, all of a sudden the servant came back. He said, I see nothing but, the, but a cloud the size of a man's hand. Now you think about, we live where there's cloud. You think about how far that cloud had to be away. One cloud the size of a man's hand. You think how, how far in the distance, how unlikely it was. But for a person of faith that is looking for God to do something, that's all they need. You know what he said? He said, y'all go get everything, you know, get everything ready to go. Uh, the abundance of rain is coming. Now, I, I'll tell you, I preached a message on this because, uh, you know, uh, that servant went out 
And uh, sometimes I like to just imagine, because I know how people are. I know how we are. I know how I am. Uh, but can, and can you believe that servant come back? And he says, I, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. That's how the word records it. Now let's read between the lines. I can almost hear him saying, I, I see the cloud. Nothing, nothing, don't, you know, not much is going on. There's just a little cloud about the size of your hand. No other clouds in the sky. And I can almost hear him tagging on saying, you know, that's not much. You know, that, that cloud way out there, it's never going to get over here to us. Because that's how people are. That's why you got to be careful when you're believing God for something, that you be careful who you share what you're believing God for. Because I've told you this, everybody is not excited about God doing something in your life as you are as excited about God doing something. So you got to be careful because people, you know, sometimes you don't have to worry about the devil, uh, you know, uh, dashing your faith. People will do that real good. Devil will do it good. And some, I, well, I shouldn't say it, but sometimes you can't tell the difference between the two. But we'll move on. Faith always looks for the good report. That's all, that, that's all he needed. That was good enough for him. It didn't matter how small the cloud looked. It didn't matter how far away the cloud was. It didn't matter how improbable it was that it would be. That's all he needed. And that's all really all you and I need. Sometimes we just, I mean, we just need the next step. Now, I'm going to tell you where a lot of people mess up is they want the whole story before they even start. Faith doesn't get the whole story. You're not going to get the whole story. You're going to get the next step. Let me tell you how it is with God. I'm going to tell you. I mean, this is, I mean, I could, I want you to get personal experience. I could give you a bunch of scriptures, you know, where other people experience the same thing in the word. But what I've learned about God is God, uh, he gives me information uh, on a as need to know basis. And I've learned there are some things that I thought and walked away from and said, you know, God, you could have really told me about that. But I can almost hear him saying, well, you didn't need to know about that. You just, this is what you as needed to know, you know, and, and my, you know, I've got to start. I've got to take the step. But until I take the next step, that step, I'm not going to get the next set of instruction. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want you to equate it to this. But it's almost like a, a scavenger hunt. You have you ever done one of those scavenger hunts where you you've got to get to the next thing to get the next clue to get to the next thing to get to the prize? Let me tell you how faith is. You take if God says you take. You know, uh, you know, you go over here and you, you know, you wait, and I'm gonna speak to you there. You, you, where's God gonna speak to you? He's gonna speak to you there. You remember? You remember? Um, uh, I think it was Elijah by Brook Cherith, and he said, "Go to the brook and wait, for I have, com-, you know, a raven's gonna come there, uh, a bird's gonna come and um, and uh, bring you a meal every day right there. You know, he's on the run." And uh, he bring you a meal right there. Where was the meal going to be provided? By the brook. Well, it doesn't make sense. You know, I just can't understand why I've got to go sit by that, you know, why God would tell me to go sit by the, by the brook and just sit there. 
Well, because that's where provision was. And when provision, when provision dried up, the brook dried up, he said, you go to Zarephath, because uh, I've commanded a widow woman there to, to provide for you. Where was the next set of uh, provision going to be for? It was with that, with that, well, what if he had said, well, I'm not going. I don't feel led to go over there. You know, there's been times I hadn't, I've done, there's been times I've had to move in faith in the word because I heard from God and I didn't feel it. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel particular, you know, I mean, there's been some things that God, you know, somebody chew me out and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, God, I'm sorry I'm thinking those thoughts right now. <laughs> and, uh, and the Lord said, don't you say that. Here's what I want you to say. And then you say that. And, uh, and then everything just, you know, just, I mean, turns right there. I mean, I've had, I've had women, I've had men, grown men, when I wanted to give them my, my thoughts because they were so ugly and mean. And, I, and then the Lord said, don't, don't say that. Here's, here's, I want you to tell them this. And then you just, you know, be, be obedient and tell them. I've had a grown man start crying in front of me, older than me, just start crying and said, man, I tell you, you know, you just answered some questions that I've been asking God about. You know, you never know where people are. And so, uh, so we just won't be faithful. So faith is always looking for the good report, but there's going to be times you're going to have to look real hard to find it. I'm telling you, you're going to have to look hard to find it sometime. That's where we looked at the story of Nahum, the leper. 2 Kings chapter 5, let me just read it to you. And it says, Elijah sent a messenger to him. You know, Nahum the, the leper wanted to be healed. And uh, the, the, Elisha sent the message to him and said, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. What were the directions? Follow the directions. The directions were wash how many times? Seven times. Well, would six have done it? No. Here, here's the big question. Would you have gone the first time or would you have given up after the first time? You know, we like to think we're, well, well, oh, I'd go all the way. You know, I'd do it all. I'd go to, listen, I mean, you think about that guy walking down there. They say, oh, there goes the leper again. Now that leprosy, he's gone crazy now. He's going down and getting in the muddy, you know. I mean, you look at, you look in the word where, uh, that whole nation of Israel was told to march around the walls. And then you just, every day you march. And then after you've gone, was it seven times, seven days after you've marched around, then uh, shout and the walls are going to fall down. And then, and then the other instructions were, and no talking amongst you. No talking. You just do this and march. Yeah, I, I, the best sermon I, I, I've ever heard preached, and I've, I've used parts of it here, the best sermon. Do you know why God said don't talk? Because they had to talk their self right out of it. I mean, marching around those walls. They didn't have, they didn't have anything to tear those walls down with. In fact, the worshipers were, you know, going. I'm telling you, them worshipers, uh, they go first. You look back in the Bible days, them worshipers, uh, the mean army men didn't go first. They sent the worshipers. 
Here, let's get some worshipers. Send them out, and if they, but there's there's really something to that, to that, to that. You know, worship will pave the way for you. We used to say, I used to hear people say, I don't hear it as much anymore. Oh, I'll tell you, we're going to worship the Lord and just usher in his presence. I'm going to tell you, well, that's really kind of backward. If we'll worship God, he said, when we just showed up, two of us, he was here. When two of us showed up, he said, we're two or more of you in my, in my name, I'm, I'm there. I mean, we can go to Dairy Queen right now. And I'm telling you, the Lord's going to be there. I mean, so, so we just need to know. But let me tell you what worship does. Worship doesn't get God ready, it gets you and I ready. Because a lot of times we got we to gotta get, you know, we got to put on the garment of praise to get the, the garment of the world off of us. We got to put on the garment of praise to get worry and, and all that stuff off of us. And, and I've I long since learned that sometimes uh, it's been in my life, uh, and I know it's probably been in yours, but so many, uh, some other people, the only place that they have a place of peace is right here. And so you, they get in the press. I had somebody tell me one time, do you know the only time I hear I really, you know, they were really going through a, a battle with their family and some other things and some sickness and, and, you know, finances. It was a lot. They said, do you know the only time that I, I, I get just a quiet time just to hear the Lord and just a peace in my life is, when, is during worship. I'm telling you, from the time worship starts, I'm telling you, I could, all of that stuff lifts off of me. And uh, they, they've long since learned to, to just, you know, carry that with them everywhere they go. But, but they, he said, don't, no talking, because they'd have talked themselves out of it. You know, so he, he, he said there, so Nahum the leper, his answer was going down, his miracle was, uh, was connected to him going down to the Jordan seven times. Now watch this, uh, verse 11. But Nahum went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. I like this. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of the leprosy. I mean, the answer to his prayer, to his prayer what he needed, the answer was, hey, listen, uh, what you need to do is if you'll go down to the river seven times, dip seven times, when you come up that seventh time, you're, you're going to be healed. And it didn't say he went away happy. He went away rejoicing that, man, seven swimming trips, and I mean, he, I'm healed. I mean, it says he went away angry and said, I thought. He would surely come out to me, stand, wave his hand over, and do it that way, or I'd be healed that way. Now, I'll tell you, we look at that and say, whew, that was really gutsy. We do the same thing. Well, if this is God, I'll tell you, he'll have the pastor, or he'll have so-and-so come up, or he'll have, you know, the phone. I don't do that. I did this when I first got saved. Now, don't, y'all don't judge me, and I know you never did anything like this. God, I'm telling you, if you want me to do this, have somebody call me. That was back when we had phones in the house. God, call me. Have somebody call me right now. And I just stare at that phone. I hadn't been saved very long. You know, and I'd... Well, nobody did. Nobody called. I had to learn to trust God. I know. I know. I know. Y'all. Y'all never did this when you first got saved. And I trust after you've been saved a while, you're not doing it now. But I'd say, Oh God, speak to me in Your Word. You know what I need. And when I open the Word, I'm going to see it. And I just open it up. 
And I was more confused than, <laughs> and I did that. I did that for, you know, when I first got for, you know, God just, you know, won't God, you know, just, I, I mean, God speaks to me when I spend time with him. You may tell you when I quit doing that, we had evangelists come to our church. I'd been saved maybe a couple years if that, at, that, at, at that time. That evangelist came to church and he dealt with it. He said, don't be opening the, you need to learn to hear God and hear his voice. Don't be doing that and, and, and saying, God, speak to me in your word, just flipping the Bible open and start looking. He said, or you'll come across, you'll do it one time and you'll look down and it'll be where Judas, where it says Judas went out and hung himself. He said, you better quit that stuff. You got to learn to hear God on your own. And, and that's where I really start, started doing that. It, but, but we'll do that sometime. We'll say, God, if it's you, if, you, if you're going to do that, God, do it this way. And if it doesn't go that way, we don't like it. There was some, I, 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 I'm not going to get into the three things I was believing God for. This was years ago before Melly and I married, but I was believing God for three things in my life. And I'd been, I mean, I'd been doing everything. I'd been crying, bawling, squalling, fasting, begging, you know, come on now, come on, don't get spiritual. Look, I mean, I mean, I'd been doing everything. And I went to church, my cousin was preaching a revival in Houston. And so I said, well, I'm going to go over to hear my, you know, support my cousin. It was a, I think it was a Thursday night or something. I went over there and sat on the back row where the, you know, the spiritual people sit. And I uh, was sitting on the back row. And then they preached. It was an all right message. I don't remember one thing about it. But, I mean, I'm sure it was a good message. But they gave the altar service. And, I mean, everybody, I mean, people come down. But, you know, I didn't get up and move. I didn't feel anything. I didn't. They said, you know, if you believe in God for something, you know, come down here and stand. We're going to pray. And so, the, you know, they were the evangelists and everything. So they, people were all across the front of that church. And I mean, I'm telling you, there's a few times in my life that I'd almost tell you that it was an audible voice from God. It was that clear. And that was the night. It was that clear. I mean, I was looking around. The first time the Lord spoke to me that night, I looked around to see if anybody else heard it. That's how real it was. But I was back there on the back row by myself, minding my own business. And the Lord said, well, you've been believing for something. Why aren't you down there? Well, I was, you know, I'm going to Bible college. By this time, I'm spiritual. I don't need to go down there. And I just kind of just let it ride. Have you ever had God speak to you? You just let it ride. You know what I mean by that? You just ignore it. And so I just ignored, ignored it. And I'm telling you all of a sudden, this is when I know. This, now, if this starts happening now, I move a lot quicker than I used to. But then I started getting that funny feeling in my chest. And the Lord said, uh, you know, you know, if you'll go, if you'll go down, you know, if you'll just move, I'll answer everything tonight. And I mean, I just sat there because I was spiritual. You know, that's not how I wanted it to happen. The things that I was praying for, I didn't, I didn't want it to happen in front of other people. Come on now. Uh, you know, God, we could do this in the privacy of my own house with the door closed. Nobody needs to know. And, and then all of a sudden that feeling I started getting here, this, I haven't had that feeling a long time because I've just learned to move. But then it moved from here and it was like knotting up. My, I, I, I mean, I think I was having trouble breathing. I don't know. I don't know 
what, I mean, come on, have you ever felt that? I mean, you just know, and I mean, it's God, and I mean, I'm, I, you know, but I start feeling, you know, I mean, I can't, I'm having trouble breathing now. I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to die right here on the back row, but I'm going to tell you the presence of God. And God said, if you'll go down there, I'm going I'm to answer all three of those prayers you've been asking. And you say, what were they? I'm not telling you, it's none of your business. But I went... I went down there. Now listen to me, listen to me what happened. The pastor was standing there, and I didn't know him. I knew my cousin, didn't know the pastor. All of them was down the front. I didn't want to go to the front because really what I wanted, I wanted somebody to come by, wave their hand over me, and all that stuff go away. That's what I wanted. I went down there. And I finally just thought, man, I'm telling you, if I don't go, I'm going to die right here on this back row all by myself. They're going to find me dead on this back row. I mean, I'm, I felt the presence of God. I felt the, I don't want to say urgent. I felt I needed, you know, I knew I needed to take that step. So here's what I did. Finally, I just gave up. You know, sometimes you just got to give up. What did I say earlier? Sometimes you just got to come to the end of yourself. I came to the end of myself. I walked down there and I, I just kind of picked a spot in the line. Nobody was praying for anybody down at this end. So I kind of just slid on down to that end, hoping for the big prayer that would just finish it up, you know, the waving of the hand. And I've got everything and everybody's all fine and happy and nobody knows anything. I get down to the line. As soon as I get in the, you know, the line that was across, I'll never forget it as long the pastor who was on, that I didn't know, who was on the other side, it was like he just jolted his head, looked straight at me, and just, I mean, Leo just started, I mean, just like this, come walking across the room. He looked at me. He didn't know me. He didn't know that that was my cousin. He looked at me, and he said, he said, the moment you stepped in here, the Lord spoke to me to come over here and tell you that there's been three things you've been praying for, and because of your obedience, God's going to answer all three of those prayers. Listen, you know what happened to me? I'm telling you, I just started crying right there. I didn't care. I'm telling you at that moment, I, that man didn't know anything about me. See, a lot of times we want God. We'll pray, and we're not going to worry. We say, God, we're not going to worry about it, but we want you to do it this way. So, that's what Nahum. Nahum got angry and said, I thought that this is how it would work out. But it didn't work out the way he thought it would, but it did work out. So uh, in faith, you're just going to have to trust God. And then uh, this was the other point. Uh, Nahum almost missed his miracle because, number one, he had a bad attitude. Bad attitude will keep you... It, it may not... It, you, it may... You, what you're believing for may show up. It just may take longer. Because until the attitude gets like it needs to be, you know, see, a lot of times God has to do something in us before he can give something to us. Because I won't tell you why. And don't ever forget this. It's one thing to get it. It's another thing to keep it once you get it. Don't ever forget that. It's one thing to get it. Because there's more to do past, you know, you praying and saying, Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Oh, call, let me call my friends, I got it. It's another thing to keep it after you get it. Amen. 
And so uh, uh, have the right attitude. And then the other reason he almost missed it is because of that wrong thinking. See, if you and I don't learn to control what we think, then we're going to set ourselves up to failure. Why is that? Because if you're not careful, you'll build wrong thoughts in your mind. Well, I really thought he would just wave his hand. You know what that was? Wrong thought. But it, but it had been there already long enough that he spoke it out. See, and once you start talking about it, what, let me tell you what, what that is. What you, what you hear people talk about, this, is gonna be, this really is a big deal and a deep thing. What people talk about is a revealer of their heart. That person that can, can you know, when they're around everybody that's spiritual can be spiritual, but during the week with their words are talking anything but spiritual things. Can I tell you what they're doing is they're revealing what's in their heart. Because I've met people, and I know you have too, man, they can talk the talk. I mean, they got the church lingo down good. They know when to say hallelujah just at the right time. I mean, they know how to, I mean, they know how, they know how to do that church stuff. Oh, I felt the Lord. You know, they know how to do all that stuff. But I'm telling you, the devil's eating their lunch every day. And I'm telling you, this stuff, when I say this stuff, I'm talking about the, the investment that we put in and time and being here and Wednesday night and getting into the Word and looking at it. I, when, I, I, when I say this, I'm talking about everything here. This stuff has got to work more than just Sunday morning. I'm telling you, Sunday, I mean... You know, Sunday, and, you know, whenever we come together, I'm telling you, it is like, it is like the pressure's off. I'm going to hear, you know, I, I'm ready to hear from God. You know, I mean, I, I mean, whoever's uh, up and whatever's going on and God speak to me. But I'm telling you, I need this stuff to work on Monday morning. I needed it to work. Listen, I needed this stuff to work yesterday when I called the, 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 the tax office the county tax office, and I never raised my voice. And I'm telling you, there'd have been a day that I'd have just cut that lady off and said, you get me somebody else right now. I mean, but I'm telling you, I, I held my own. And she kept telling me why I couldn't do it the way. And I said, ma'am, uh, you know, and finally I said, I, this how I really did say it just like, I said, ma'am, you have been so nice to me, and I appreciate that. And she said, well, this is how it has to be. I said, I know that. I said, but if it'd be possible, could I speak to your supervisor? She was so happy to get rid of me. She said, I'll go get her right now. <laughs> she come back about three minutes later, got back on the phone and said, sir, Mr. Griffin. I said, yes, I'm still here. She said, I went and talked to the supervisor. And she came just short of saying you were right. And I wanted to say, let's say that again. I, and... Uh, <laughs> She said, we're changing everything over here, and I'm going to process all this and send it back to you. But I'm going to tell you, 
had opportunity. See, I needed this. I needed that to work yesterday. You know, when I got when I when I got when I get bad news on Thursday, last Thursday, not tomorrow. I don't want to confess I'm gonna get any bad news tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but but you know when I get I, I need this word. It's a now word. Now faith is the son. It's, it's, it's relevant to what I'm going through now. Because if not, I, I, I can't, sometimes I can't wait till Sunday to, to get a hold of God or to pray or, or to feel the presence. Sometimes I need him on Tuesday or, or Friday evening. And I'm telling you, uh, those of you that got small, have small kids around, I'm telling you, it gets better. As, I'm, t- I'm telling you, when those kids weren't showing up at the time that their curfew was, I'm telling you, I needed the peace of God. You know, because I'm the daddy that'll come look for you. You know, I'm the daddy that'll show up. You know, you say, did you, did you know everything your kids was doing? I don't know, but I'm telling you, living in Winnie, Texas, there wasn't much got past them because I, my kids to this day, unless you go tell them when service is over, still think that God just spoke to me. Listen, it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was the community call and said, hey, do you know, I'm not even going to look over here. At Blake, when I tell, when somebody called and said, do you know that Justin and Blake are out riding the four-wheelers on the freeway? <laughs> don't go, don't be, don't, don't go spiritual and go, oh. I mean, I'm telling you, there's stuff we probably did that we're so thankful we didn't get caught. Hmm. I got on to Justin and he said, well, dad, the highway patrolman had already been by and told us. I said, what do you mean the highway? He said, yeah, he's somebody that Mr. John taught in school. And he told Blake, he said, now listen, you boys get off the road and Blake, you tell your daddy, I said, hello. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you know, God will, God will watch over. So what I, you know, you know, you just, you know, what I'll tell you is it gets better when them kids get out, then you don't have to stay up late. Really, it's what it is. You get to sleep. One of those new parents that just had these babies in the last few weeks, I said, hey, how are y'all sleeping? Not very well. I, I said, it'll change. And they said, it will. I said, yeah, in about 18 to 19 years, you'll be able to sleep through the night. You're good to go. They said, thanks, pastor. I said, you're welcome. You're welcome. We want to help these young people. But here's the thing. If I dwell on it long enough, Listen to me. Negative, if I dwell on it long enough, then I'm going to start believing it. You know, I had a noise in the truck just recently, and I did wind up having to get some, something fixed on the truck. But, uh, you know, I heard that noise. It's just a little faint noise. But I was trying to be real careful because sometimes you'll hear something, and then all of a sudden... You know, it'll get louder and there's nothing, you know, nothing going on. So uh, 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 Mike, Mike was with me one night. Now, Mike, you know, he, he's, he's a mechanic. He can fix things. And so I didn't say anything. And I had planned this. And I said, I'll drive. Well, the reason I wanted to drive is because I wanted to see, you know, see if they, you know, if, if those guys heard anything. You know, because I think now I'm starting to imagine things. And so halfway to where we're going, I said, hey, do y'all hear a noise? And Mike said, you mean that noise coming out of the rear end of this truck? I said, yes. He said, yeah, I've heard it since we left the house. Well, you know, I got it fixed. But, you know, there's also been some things that, uh, you know, that I, you know, I heard and 
imagined and kept taking it in till somebody looked at me and said, there is nothing wrong, quit bringing it in. See, you dwell on it long enough. You dwell on it long enough because what happens, the enemy will come in and he'll start. Listen, he'll, let me tell you about the devil. He's very accommodating. You know, you guys know, I mean, I mean fear was a huge issue, issue for me. Listen, I'm telling you, when I first moved here, some of you are new, you don't know that. When I first moved here, it's dark here in Winnie, and I, I mean, I ain't going out in the dark because there's stuff makes noises out here that don't make it in the city limits of Houston. But I'm going to tell you what, now, now I have to think, you know, I should take a flashlight when I go. Now I'll walk all the way out in the backyard. A couple of weeks ago, I thought, I'm going to go back there and, uh, to the shop and do something. And just, I went out and didn't have anything. And it was pretty dark back there. And uh, I said, I need to go check something. And so oh, it was about 10, 1030. And I started walking back there and just kind of had that, you know, maybe I need to get a light. So I went back in and got a flashlight and started walking back out there. You know, I'm sure that this, you can think this is not spiritual, but I think it was the Lord trying to help me, you know, not have a problem. So I got back there and where I was heading, if I'd have just walked on back there in the dark, guess who I'd have met? Mr. Skunk. <laughs> uh, you know, you can say, well, you know, uh, it was a good thing you took a flashlight. Listen, it was a good thing I felt that thing in my down here that said you better go. Uh, I mean, that was just short of the Lord saying, buddy, you better go get a flashlight or you're going to fix to meet another one of my creatures. <laughs> so, so learn to listen to, you know, listen to that. But, but if you think about it, because what will happen is what you think about will drop into your heart. And the word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you don't, if you and I don't learn to get control of it when it's up here, we're going to start talking it. And what you start to, listen, you can talk about something long enough till that's what you got. And there is a lot of things that in our life, and we can look back over life and we may be doing it right now. There's a lot of things that we really don't want to come to pass that we may be speaking and giving life to. The word says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So we got to be careful what you, you know, what we say. Listen, what, well, what I would say, that don't, that don't matter all that much. Listen, if the word says it does, it does. You got to watch what you say. I know somebody still alive today, but in 1981 was diagnosed with cancer and told they had about maybe seven to 10 days to live. They said, you go home, family crying in the hallway of the hospital in, over there in Houston. You got seven to 10 days to live. We're discharging you. You need to, you know, get, you know, get your life right. In 1981, still alive today. They're older than I am. Still alive today. Totally healed of cancer. But I'm going to tell you, you may tell you what they started doing. They said, they, 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 they said this. They said, I'll tell you, God started you know, I mean, you know, where that cancer was, where they told me it was, it, I mean, it started hurting, I mean, within days. But they said, I'll tell you, on the way home, I, they, I was sick, wasn't feeling good when I was discharged. On the way home, I was sitting in the car, my husband was driving me home. On the way home, we passed by a cemetery. And I thought of that scripture, with long life, you're going to satisfy me. And they said, as I, we passed by that cemetery, I looked over at it and said to God, with long life, you're going to satisfy me. 
Last time I had opportunity to, to visit with them, they said, still to this day, when I pass the cemetery, I say, God, I thank you. I mean, they're probably up in their, you know, 80s now, late 80s. Still to this day, Father, I thank you. With a long life, you're going to satisfy me. And they should have been out of here in 1981. See, I'm telling you, it does matter what you say, what you speak. Now, once you give life to those thoughts, this is what we're going to probably have to stop right here. Once you give life to those thoughts with words from your mouth, then what happens is chances are greatly increased that that thing will come to pass unless you break it by the power of God's word and prayer. This doesn't sound spiritual to say it this way. What you're really doing is praying for crop failure. Because what you sow, listen to me, even in words, what you sow is what you're going to reap. That's what you're going to have. And when you get revelation of that, what happens when God speaks to you or, you know, you feel that the Holy Spirit correcting you or helping you, then you, you know, you know, God, forgive me of that. And really what sometimes we pray is for crop failure. God, I don't want that to come to pass in my life. And there's been some things that, that I've done, you know, that, that, you know, I didn't say the right thing, do the right thing. And, and I prayed, but I mean, really what I was saying is, God, man, I'm, that was a bad seed to sow. I'm praying for crop failure. But I'm going to tell you, there's also been some things that what you sow is what you're going to reap. Now, you, we look at that, that I'm gonna, if I sow that, I'm going to get it right now. Listen, I'm going to tell you, it may be weeks down the road. It may be years down the road. It may be decades down the road. I had a, I, I had a, a thing, um, and it, it was uh, it was a lack. Really, what it was, it was a lack of respect towards the person in leadership. I was in my twenties, and they said something, and I just told them what I thought. The moment I did, the Holy Spirit. I mean, I knew I was treading in some territory that I didn't need to be in. I mean, that was the man of God. I'm telling, and I just, you know, and I'm telling you, I, I was sick. And I mean, everything's all right. I mean, we're still friends today. He, he's, he's probably about 10, 10, 12 years older than I am. We're still, uh, if I see him right now, I mean, has a large ministry. Uh, if, I, if I go, you know, out, out and see him or anything, he's going, he, he'll look at me and he'll say, hey, Bishop, it's good to see you. He, you know, he won't call me Kevin. He calls me Bishop. I mean, and, uh, and uh, you know, just has always been an encourager. Uh, and we, we did fine. Went through all that. No problem. We get down. We, we get here to uh, wonderful Winnie, Texas. And um, I'm in my office one day and somebody stopped by to see me. And because they wanted to tell me what they thought about something. And I'm telling you, when they started, I mean, th this was, you, you know, we, we hadn't been here a long time, and I'm 20-something years, or maybe almost 20-something years past that incident, and it's a long forgotten thing, but right here in my office, back here, I mean, on that day, that person just started, I mean, just started in, and I was just about ready to get back and start back, you know, and uh, uh, 
the, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is, this is, you're reaping what you, and took me back to that very day. And when I realized that, it was this different set of circumstances. It was the same scenario. You say, what did you do? I said, well, I'll tell you what. I, I sat there, listened to him. But I'm telling you, we turned the tide that day and everything worked out good. But I'm telling you, if I'd have done it the way I wanted to do it, there, there's a whole lot. I, I, I'd probably be in a lot of trouble if I did everything the way I wanted to do it. And God doesn't do it uh, the way I, I don't even tell him how to do it anymore because he didn't take my advice and do some of those things. If you, if you, if you do it long enough and talk about it long enough, then it's going to become reality for you because here's, here's where I'm going to quit tonight because what you'll do is remember what I said earlier is the devil is very accommodating so the longer you talk about it let, 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 let me help you with this the longer you talk about it the longer you think about it no matter how improbable it may seem when you started giving life to it the devil is very accommodating and he'll make sure it all lines up. And he'll start speaking to you. And he, you know, the word says that he's a liar and the father of all lies. And he'll start speaking to you, but you listen because, you know, you've let it stay in here. And now it's here and you're giving life to it. And the enemy's devil's coming in and tell, you know, tell, you know, adding to it. And he's lying to you about it. And just like we said, you know, the devil come tell you, you know, there's no need for you to get prayer tonight. God's not going to heal you because of what you did on February the 3rd in 1983 <laughs> or whatever, you know. Back when you can hardly remember, back when your hair was dark, back for some of you, back when you had hair, <laughs> you know. But I'm telling you, the devil, he never going to come up with anything new. So he's going to tell you, he's an accuser of the breath, so he's going to keep telling you the same thing. And you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to get you to move off the promise to where you say, yeah, God's not going to do that, man. I've just done too many bad things in my life because you let it stay around here too long. That's why the word says we got to take control, captivate those thoughts here. I mean, you got to, you, and, and I'm telling you, you have, you have to work at it because you let it roll around here long enough. It'll get down in here. And when it, once it gets down in here and you start talking about it, I want to share something with you. I had a Melon, Melon. We had years ago. We had, we had a a, a lady come see us, and uh, and uh, I think she was on husband number four. You know, and she could tell us everything that husband one, two, three, and even four had done wrong. And the longer we talked to her, we found out this is what we realized is really husband two and three and four were not that bad. Now husband one, husband one needed to be taken out by some guys behind the woodshed. <laughs> 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 
You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Husband one. Husband two didn't work out, and the longer she talked, she didn't say it this way, but when we, when, when we kind of just revealed it, you know, she got married to husband five, and they stayed married, the rest, you know, because here, here's what happened. Finally, after, after you see this pattern, uh, I can't remember, it was Melanie, or I think it was Melanie, that spoke up and looked at her and said, how, you know, you're looking at getting married. They were in there because this husband number five, they fixed to get married. And, and I don't remember which one of us looked and just had the boldness, you know, thank God for boldness, you know. Uh, looked at her and said, how long, uh, I mean, before we get married here, are you going to make husband number five pay for the sins of husband number one that you made husband number two, three, and four pay for? And she looked at us like we slapped her in the face. You know really what she was wanting? She Really what she was wanting? Watch this. She's wanting somebody to wave their hand over it and all the sores go away. That's really what she was wanting. And she just, with that shocked look and tears just began to stream down her face and she said, she said, my gosh. She said, my gosh, I have made those other guys pay for the sins of the first guy. Once she dealt with it, everything. Sometimes you and I are going to have to deal with some things. See, the reason sometimes there's not peace in, the life, in our life because we're not dealing with some things. If I just keep my eyes closed, it'll go away. Sometimes it's not going to go away. Sometimes you're going to have to look at it. Some, listen, sometimes you're going to have to look at the devil and say, you've got to go in Jesus' name. You've got to get out. You, you and I, you, me, have to take control of those things and say, no more. Not today. Not now. I'm going to quit right here by saying this. Let me tell you why it's important. And those of you who've been here a while, you've heard me say this before. You know why it's important? Because you're not winning the battle for just you. You're winning it in your family lineage for generations to come. You don't win it for just you. And, and even past your family, you're not winning it just for you. You're not getting victory just for you. Listen, I'll tell you, when you get victory, when, when those things are unlocked in your life, what will happen is they'll unlock those doors in people's lives around you. You want to know, and I said this Sunday morning, you want to know why the devil fights you so hard? Because there's so many things that are connected to you getting I'm going to say it this way, to you, to me, getting that, pr that prison in our life open. See, once I get it, see, there, there's something, once I get free, once you get free, you'll tell everybody about it. I had somebody one time come to me and talk to me, a guy in the church, probably about 10, 12 years ago, come up and said, and shared with some guys, said, but they struggle with pornography, and they said, 
they said, I'll tell you. Uh, they said, man, I, it was, I just kept it in the secret all, all you know, all for, you know, I've struggled with it most of my life. This was a, you know, gray-haired, you know, gray-haired man. Struggled with it my whole life. And uh, they said uh, they got, you know, God delivered them, got free in their older age and said, man, I wish I'd have just trusted God with it early on in life. But what happened was, is not only did they get free of it, but everybody around them, because they, I mean, they started telling, you know, I mean, it was like the door opened up, the prison doors opened up, other guys come up and say, listen, can you pray with me? I'm struggling with this. And they'd look at them and say, man, I struggled with it too. But here's what God did for me. And pray with them and, you know, free them up. Listen, the d reason the devil fights you so hard sometimes and, and just doesn't let up is because not only your freedom and your family, but other people's freedom is tied to you. Now, so just for that person that's thinking right now, well, you know, God's bigger than all that and God can do. Listen, I'll tell you, God, I mean, it's just like when a need comes up and you know God wants you to meet that need or be a part of it and you don't move. I I've done it. Listen, God is big enough, and if I don't move, he'll raise somebody else up that'll listen to him to do it. But I'm telling you, why not it be you and I? Amen. Let's stand. We, we're out of time. We got we to gotta finish here. Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight that we're not hearers of the word, but we're doers. And Father, I thank you that what rolls around in that mind, we're going to guard. We're not going to let anything in, but God... We're going, we're going to uh, give life to spiritual things. And God, we're going to weed out those things that are causing us to trip up and mess up. And God, we're going to strive to get closer to you and closer to the anointing. In Jesus' name, amen.